Hello there and welcome to Delightful Descent. It's uh, episode eight uh, and today's assumption is it's my responsibility to make things happen. And I'm really excited about this one because I think responsibility is a seriously misunderstood idea and it's, it's really exciting to get into. So today's guest is uh, Lana Yelenyev. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Matthew. Uh, it's great to have you here. Um, and just a quick uh, explainer about Delightful Descent if you haven't seen too many of these episodes before or heard too many of these episodes before. I'm interested in challenging the deep assumptions that we kind of take for granted um, that are important to have because they let us do what we need to do, but can also hold us back significantly. And the guests I'd like to have on are people who are challenging those assumptions in some way, either through what they do or directly they help other people do them, all sorts of different uh, things that are really about thinking about things in a fundamentally different way. And for me, each episode is a chance for us, yes, to explore uh, a specific assumption that it's probably holding you back or might well be holding you back that you can then approach in a slightly different way that that my guest has you know been working on and exploring themselves for a while but equally it's to model and show what this process is and this practice is it's to really get it out there and demystify it a bit because i'd like everyone to be able to challenge assumptions as part of their work, and that to be a normal part of everyone's work. I'd like you to be able to see what this process is, and so you can go out there and do it for yourself and make some delightful descent yourself. And the name delightful descent really comes from the idea that, yeah, we're challenging things. We're saying, no, this isn't quite right, but we're doing so in a positive way. We're not trying to say, I'm right, you're wrong, and that's a problem. It's an exploration. And a, so we can all come to a better understanding of what it is that we're really working with and what we're doing in the world. Because it's, it's not always straightforward. And engaging with some of that complexity and some of that messiness is a really important thing for me. And I, I you know, it's really fundamentally important for everyone. So this is genuinely live um, stuff may go wrong. Um, we've had a few things uh, before where it, it hasn't quite worked as expected or we've had interruptions. And equally, it is a deep, challenging conversation. You may find that we explore some difficult topics and there is no requirement not to use strong language. So, you know, we're talking about serious things with serious energy behind them. So, so you might encounter some strong language as well. So this is just a warning for you that particularly if you're watching live, you know, we, we don't entirely know where this is going. So just be warned, be, be aware that that's, that's what's going on. And this is about engagement. This is very much a community thing primarily a conversation today between me and Lana, but it's also a conversation with you uh, in the community. So if you're watching live, please do share comments uh, and ask questions. We'll leave some space at the end to explore any specific and general question, any general questions. But if you've got something specific that comes up whilst we're talking, please do share it and we'll, we'll bring it in where we can. So yeah, please do join in as much as possible. If you're watching or listening to the recording, please do share comments and get in touch with me or the guests as much as possible. Because yeah, this is, this is a, a conversation. So please feel part of it. So um, today's guest, as I said, Lana Yelenyev. Um, we first met through the Happy Startup School, I think it was, um, and we kind of had this shared interest in technology and innovation and, and that kind of space. But what really struck me about Lana was how her incredible intuitive sense of how to connect with people and how to connect people as well and kind of bring people together. And I thought that was, you know, really made me want to have her as a guest on, on this show today. So Lana, could I ask you please to yeah introduce yourself a little bit and, and the kind of people that you work with, please. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this question of who am I is always a, a puzzle in how to answer. Uh, I would say depending on which hat I'm putting in. So I'm the uh, poster child of a multi-potentialite. You know, I have different programs, different initiatives and activities that I'm part of. 
And I would say the red thread around all this is my love for learning and my love for community. So most of the programs and uh, projects that, that I'm involved in are really around the social civic or social impact um, work. And uh, most of the yeah most of the people that I work with are their organizations or uh, small and medium enterprises who are challenging the system you know with the with their programs or with their services. That's great. And and how do you what what, what do you kind of help them with? What kind of things? Yeah, so most of the time, uh, like I said, depending on which organization that that, that uh, I'm part of, you know, like with uh, the work that I'm doing with Dream the, the client partners that we have are organizations who are trying to navigate their world into the online learning space. Mm. So helping them design the learning experience for their programs online. Uh, and also how to create learning communities within their learning programs. So that's one area that uh, you know I can definitely share a lot of pointers on. Um, and then with the other, uh, like the foundation that I'm part of, Shift Foundation, we provide uh, workshops on topics such as healing histories. So on a very deep personal, you know, personal space of uh, exploring around trauma and collective trauma. Mm. So different, yeah, different projects, different um, ways of engaging with the topic. Yet I would say the the main you know the, the main qualifier around this is how I, I see myself as that you know bridge or, or like a pebble that you throw in a pond and that just cause ripples you know just cause um, changes so so I'm very much a fond of looking into transformation and changes that's great yeah it's it's, it's really interesting you know I, I love how many people are kind of doing this work now and, and drawn to it, but with all of these different experiences and skills. And it, it's, it's really great um, to be in this community of, of people doing this work. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we kind of really get stuck into the assumption, I like to ask guests to share a quote that supports, you know, that gives them a bit of um, support in this. Cause you know, we are, we are striking out into something, we're pushing against something and it's, it's very often the case that that we're not doing this alone, even though it can often feel like it. And and a quote from can often capture and give us some support. So, is there a quote that you'd like to share with us uh, around yeah. this assumption? I'd like to quote uh, the give the quote of uh, one of my favorite authors, Leo Buscaglia, and so he's uh, the author of the uh, book I read when I was probably I was seventeen before I turned eighteen. And that, that book was Living, Loving, and Learning. So that was my first self-help book. And, uh, and that totally changed a lot of my views. Um, so he wrote, we don't love to be loved. We love to love. Perhaps love is the process of my leading you gently back to yourself. Not to whom I want you to be, but to who you are. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I, I think it really captures so much of how we engage with the world in a positive way, how we engage with our expectations um, and how we help others and support others in, in that and that we support others best when we don't require them to meet our expectations. <laughs> necessarily yeah. no how does it what how what does it mean for you how does how does it uh yeah how does yeah it... totally the the word expectation really landed strongly for me um if if i think of all the times that i felt frustration or dissatisfaction it's mainly because i have this you know uh, held expectations that i put on somebody else um and, and that that causes the tension and that causes the friction. So for me, really going with, uh, yeah, you know, where are my expectations coming from? Why am I expecting these things? You know, what is it that would, yeah, that, that, that would make me feel safe in a relationship or what is it that would make me feel confident in a relationship? So it started off that, you know, deeper exploration. You know? So it's mm -hmm. not just the expectations, but what's underneath that layer of expectations. Um, so when I read this, you know, I was very young, and and at the time I had such a 
a gripe with the world uh, with, with how things are going. My mom was terminally ill at that point. Um, so you can imagine, you know, oh, yeah. a 15 year old really just trying to find, you know, find ways into the adult world and at the same time having to, to care for, you know, a parent, an ailing parent. Um, so for me, when, when I started this process of just really looking at what does it really mean to love, you know, love someone without these expectations? And it really took a long time for me to get into that fully. Um, not until I had my own kids as well. Um, and also have my own, you know, relationship, my own partner. And then that's when it really sank in of, oh, um, it really takes a lot of, uh, what's this? It really takes a lot of process on loving someone that way of unconditionally and not being tied up to expectations. Mm. And, and I think this idea, you know, this has shown up in uh, a couple of the other episodes already uh, that, that we've had is this relationship between love and work is a really interesting one. And, you know, these ideas that that work is this kind of cold place where we're, where there isn't space for love. This isn't a, that isn't part of the thing. Whereas for me, actually, you know, we are we're we are human all the time, and we're working for bigger reasons than just to get paid. Um, and it, it's much more like bringing understanding how we're relating to that and how we're working with that is is a really important part of this. And you know, we do have these challenges. We do have things that it's definitely very helpful for us to do, and there are serious consequences if we don't do them. And how we approach those in a loving way, you know, in, in, in that open way, I think, is is really not something I was taught, certainly, um, in, in any of my, my any of anything prepared me for that, in a sense. Yeah, I, I can totally relate with what you said, you know, we come to the world very much unprepared, <laughs> um, especially as adults, you know, we just breeze through life because that's what we're accustomed to or that's what our culture told us to do and i know for myself coming in from the philippines uh, we're in for us that our education is the only means for us to get out of our financial situation so it was strongly strongly placed upon us culturally that you, on, you only have to excel and that was the only framing yeah so this uh idea of okay that work is very much different from real life uh, has been perpetrated because you know that okay at work you just have to this you know do 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 and excel 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 and then in the real life then that's when you can relax <laughs> or have fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's the, that that dichotomy of oh you know putting life and work in different lenses and, and like what you said it really did not work well with me at all <laughs> yeah and, and perhaps like you you know uh, i would say i can never even picture myself uh making that distinction again you know once you get it out from your system it's so difficult to get back into that framing i think i think for me it's like once you become aware of it my my experience is i i think it's going on for many people actually uh, many of us um and some of us are always more sensitive to some things like that than others, but but I think it's there for many of us. And, and once once you've seen it, it's yeah. not really possible to unsee it. <laughs> and that changes an awful lot of things and, and can um, lead to some temporary practical difficulty. Um, it, it, it's difficult to, to then engage in the way that you did before um, yeah. with things. So I, I think this leads us really nicely into the the assumption that it, it's my responsibility to make things happen. And I think for me, this idea of, you know, us as being effective and us as uh, there being things that we need to do, you know, and and for ourselves and for other people that we have this, you know, this this need to do specific things and we need to do them well. And if we don't, that's that's a significant um, problem and a reflection on us. Um, and, and I think I see an awful lot out there um, where it really is this, you know, this idea of it's, um, you know, it's your choice to make yourself happy, you know, and it's all a function of of your choice and and that you're 100% in control of your experience and all of this, you know, I, I see this message over and over and 
I also see it played out in the kind of in the way that we approach work and you know the the need for leaders to be in control and to have this direction and and that you have to have this certainty and you have to convey this certainty and all of this stuff um and so yeah so I I think it's a really strong thing in there and I, I what's always interesting about these things is there's there's some pretty big elements of truth in there but it's not the complete picture and I think for you, how does it show up? Where, you know, where do you see this assumption showing up the most? Yeah. So if I think about, you know, it's my responsibility to make things happen. Uh, one of the memories that really comes up for me very, very uh, strongly is uh, was the time when um, we, you know, I had to decide. Um, this is going to put it in. I had to decide not to, um, not to have my mom in in the hospital anymore. Uh, so we were told by the the oncologist that uh, yeah the, the cancer has spread. Um, even if we operated, you know, chances of recovery is is going to be very um, limited. And, and at that time, you know, it was yeah. Um, it's between me and my brother. But since I'm the one who were mostly in the hospital and um, engaging with the doctors, so it was really a, a a decision to say, hey, you know, um, we bring her home, mm. yeah, and, and the, uh, that that for me was uh, was also a period of unlearning that you know of uh, um, if I were you know if I were me at that age, I would have done things differently. You know, I would have uh, consulted others in the decision making because for quite a long time. I felt the burden of that responsibility. And I felt the burden of, oh, it was a big decision that I had to make. And um, I had to live with that with that decision. Mm. And this is also why when you were talking, you know, like oh, this this question about responsibility, it, it goes so deep within us, mainly because we have, yeah, like like for myself, cultural uh, obligations that uh, have really you know, I've really been embedded in me. And the the thought of, okay, making decisions, doing things, making things happen, um, for me, that was that was the only framing that I, you know, I knew of. Mm. Uh, there's nobody else that's going to do things for me. So mm. I have, have to be the one to, to do it for myself. Uh, mm. So this is something that, you know, it's like, that was like, that was how I grew up with. And, uh, and and when you know when we were having this discussion you know, that this just idea of if only you know if only like my my 43 year old self turning 44 <laughs> would say okay how, how would you know how would you have approached that situation differently it would have been a totally different scenario mm. it might be the same decision but the ways around it would most likely have been different I, I think there's 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 a whole load of really interesting stuff in that, and that how how heavy responsibility weighs. You know, I think, and that's that can feel true in in business, uh, in work, and in um, and in personal decisions. You know, we're, particularly with leaders in organisations, we feel responsible for a huge amount um, of people's income and people's well being. If not, we're just responsible, you know, even at work, we're responsible for our own income, which provides for our family and helps our family and helps us carry on being, you know, do what we want to do. So it's it, these decisions are really, really hard. And I think that's acknowledging how hard this stuff is that, you know, you don't have to have a ready answer for me is, is a really important thing. And I like, I you know, I, I sense in what you were saying, you know, the importance of not having to come to the decision on your own not having to almost not having to frame the question on your own yeah for me it feels like you know we can it's okay to ask for something specific it's okay to come up with like you know to give a statement that's a kind of yes no and it's like am i right or am i wrong in this yeah and that's okay you can ask expert you can ask other people that but what you can't do is explore what the question is exactly and especially, especially questions that are very heavy, you know, questions that are uh, a matter of life or death, you know, a, a, a matter of principles, you know, a matter of values. Uh, things from my, you know, from my experience, uh, one of the things that I really learned 
along the way is the value of um, just asking others uh, and, and having others weigh in with their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, this this has really helped me a lot, not just you know not just on a personal sense, but also professionally of being able to weigh in, you know, is this something that I have to do or is this the best course of action? Um, because when I get into this mode of, oh, it's my responsibility, um, I, I can then also um, not get into, you know, what, what are the other perspectives around me? Mm. So, so this is mm. really a big reframing that, that I personally have, you know, experience in life of how, how can I do this? You know, how can I do things differently? Mm. I think that, you know, thinking about it as a mode of thinking, you know, where, where, where we fall into this, this, this kind of loop almost, because it becomes for me, certainly, I, I experience it as a, as, a, as like a feedback loop, it kind of, it, you, you end up in your own perspective. So you end up feeling more responsible for things within that and you kind of get you it kind of becomes this difficult cycle to break out of and and i think the idea of you know recognizing it in in myself is is really important and also recognizing it when it's when other people feel that and and you know the reaching out to help um and what good helping looks like is is kind of the other side of this i think you know it's like how do we help others in a in a positive way because when we get stuck in this responsibility thing, it's like responsibility is this big lump thing and I've got all of it or I can, or I transfer all of it. Yeah. Instead of it being like, well, we can kind of share this and, exactly, and carry yeah. this together and explore this together. And that that makes it easier in general yeah. and makes it much easier. Yeah. I love, I love you that you use the word share you know, um, for, for quite some time. That is also something that, uh, help me frame this, you know, that asking for support is actually um, sharing, you know, sharing that responsibility with others so that they also would know how to, say, give space or um, make these decisions or be, be able to have the faculty to get, you know, get through these uh, experiences. So for me, it's actually, uh, you know, when, when we ask for help from people, we're, ac- we're actually helping them have these skills for themselves as well Mm. so it's not just you being helped but also the other person yeah and I I think there's um well one of the really big things I I kind of mentioned at the top of the show that that there's something really big around responsibility that I think is misunderstood um and I'd be really interested to see how how this goes over for you is that when I when I grew up um it felt like responsibility was the same thing as faults was it was an obligation so if you have a responsibility to something you must yes satisfy that you must do that yeah and i think for me that is a fundamental misunderstanding of responsibility because for it to be responsibility there has to be choice yeah it is the ability to respond it is the ability to choose a different pathway than the obvious than the straight ahead than where things are going and that is so important in in understanding how we're being responsible because we're not being responsible just jumping straight to a solution we're being reactive you know we're we're reacting to this and that i think we've you know and and it's almost like if you don't respond in a certain way then there's a problem with you you're at fault you, (laughs) you know and i think that is a really really deep assumption in in the way that we relate to the world and and around leadership and around our own self-efficacy and how we support each other and it 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 walls us off it disconnects us from from other people yeah exactly i i totally resonate with that idea of when we think of responsibility in this lens that it's really coming in from a demand energy and this is how you should be doing this or this this is a must you know you you don't you don't have any escape and um when i i personally that that this is how i work you know when i feel that i immediately repel against it (laughs) even Mm. more they're like i'm not doing this um and and this is also how i see it you know not just with uh with myself but also say for example parenting you know, we see that with kids. Um, if if we place that demand energy upon them, all the more that they would rebel. Yeah, you know, it's the same with managing teams. Um, when we put in more of that, you know, of like a, 
authoritarian na this is how you have to be doing things um there's there's less productivity you know the entire culture within a team is very different mm. uh, so i I personally think that when we think of responsibility, and you've said it already, the responsibility, um, there should be choices in how do we respond to it in the first place? Uh, um, how about it in the first place? And I think this is that linear, you know, linear way of thinking that, oh, is there a problem? Then here, here somebody needs to make a solution. Mm. Um, yeah. But there is also another way of, oh, there's a problem, and who can we, you know, who can we invite to make the solutions? Mm. So there's, there's that form of how can we invite others in this, you know, in, 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 in taking in the responsibility. Mm. And for me, it's, it's how can we use those, those diverse perspectives in actually framing a better question? You yeah. know, how, can we, how can we bring that together? And I think one of the things that jumped out for me in that is, yeah, if you push this on a team, you either get rebellion or you get disengaged conformity. Yeah. Um, you get people just going through the motions without being engaged with it. And that engagement is so much of this, you know, that 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 kind of being in it um, on a kind of experiential felt level. And when we disengage from work, first of all, it's soul crushing. You know, it's just grim to experience. And second of all, it means we can do really horrible things. Yeah. through our work you know because we're disengaged we're not we're not connected with what we're doing to others through mm -hmm. the work and the, the the consequences all to ourselves all to the wider world and that that break in engagement for me is is actually a really really serious issue for, for many people and it, you know it's something I still struggle with you know, I spent a lot of time disengaged because that was that was how I was taught really to to to, to do what was needed without this ability to step back and explore. Yeah, I, I find it such a disservice to, to oneself and to the work, mm. uh, really because uh, we're, you know, when we're disengaged, our presence is totally not there. Uh, and if there's anything that I've seen so far in the relationships that I have and you know, in the friendships and in, in, in the uh, collaborations that I'm working in, uh, the, the quality of presence is very important. And if we are, you know, if we are disconnected, if we are disengaged, we are not owning the energy that we're bringing in the room. And that's a big disservice, you know, that's a big disservice to our lives. That's a big disservice to those that are around us. And yeah, that's a big disservice to the world, you know, mainly mm. because the gifts that we bring in are not fully utilized. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, most of us feel that on some level, even if, uh, you know, again, this isn't a, well, this is, this is right to the, to the heart of the assumption, really. This isn't an external, internal thing. It's about the, those two things together. And, you know, we, 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 have, we have a much more refined sense of what's going on than perhaps we, uh, than we're willing to engage with always because we've had to cut that off in the past to deal with it and and to to be fair it's not always safe to do that in certainly in the workplace you know i i know uh, an awful lot of organizations that whilst they may not officially declare it do still fundamentally work on a blame culture you yeah. know it, it, it's it's blame and reward basically and it, it's those two things together and and it's it's not a not a healthy way to run anything really and I, for me it starts at school too you know or even before school potentially but but it particularly starts at school you know and, and you mentioned your your kind of you know this role of of education and and for me there's something really interesting in the difference between education and training you know training is about preparing for something known education is about preparing us to explore the unknown and i think we get we get an awful lot of training we get very little education <laughs> and and this is also why, for me, it's very important to um, provide a different framing of uh, uh, when when we had our initial conversation around this topic. Uh, it was so exciting for me because uh, somehow I, I, all my life, I thought, you know, I feel different. You know, I have things, thoughts that, that are different from the mainstream, uh, especially, 
growing in the Philippines, you know, you, you do as you're told. You know, this is what's expected from you. Okay, so I did what's what was expected. Uh, graduated from one of the best universities. Yeah, uh, graduated with with honors. Uh, so there was more of that. Um, I was going through the motions of life, and at the same time, I was still finding myself um, feeling lost. Of there is more, you know. There, there, uh, there's something else that was missing. And with you know, with with what you shared about um, being able to navigate the unknown, I think that was that was the biggest part of me. You know? Like, oh, we were taught to to value education, yet after you know, after university there was this okay so what's next you know wh what do i do how do i do it you know and still the responsibility was there of oh but you have to be able to provide you know you have to be able to uh make a, a decent you know not just a decent living you know we really have to make a career out of it so there was mm. this unplaced expectations of hey you graduated from one of the best universities you know you have to, to make a mark for yourself and and not being able to know but what is that mark in the first place <laughs> yeah I, I think it really gets to the you know, this idea of making things happen and us being personally responsible as you know we, we find ourselves in this position where we can act um but the action doesn't line up with how we feel you know and it's like okay so there's this series of steps i can follow um but this isn't right for me on some felt level and it doesn't feel right you know it, it's a it's a sense thing it's an intuitive thing um and i actually for me you know i for me we often misunderstand feelings and misinterpret feelings when we jump straight between okay this is the feeling this is the intuition and this is what it means in concrete terms and therefore this is what we do about it when we join all those up together and we don't give ourselves the opportunity to change them we react it not being responsible and so how do we open up you know this this ability to respond um and not just individually i think a really big part of this in this conversation and this assumption is it's my responsibility you know i have to figure all this out on my own um and then i can share it with other people because if i seem uncertain then it's going to be a problem people are going to be afraid or you know think less of me or all of this stuff and yet one of the big things i've always thought i always found as i learned more stuff i became more uncertain actually yeah. is it like this it's like there's this sphere of knowledge that i held and actually as it grows and i get more kind of shove more stuff in it the surface area of what i don't know also grows and so so I'm actually more aware of what I don't know the more I learn and I think this idea that we can kind of learn everything and fit it all in and then always know exactly what to do yeah. gets to the heart of of what's going on in this assumption and, and uh, certainly you know maybe in theory it's possible at some point in humanity's future but it certainly isn't the case now <laughs> Yeah, the, this this idea of uh, you know, as the expert, you have to know everything, or you have to know that uh, you know all the answers to things. It took me a while to drop that. It really took me some time to be able to say, "Wait a minute, why am I even trapping myself with this expectations of hey, you have to know everything? You know that it is your responsibility to be able to uh, to to answer every question." In, in that you know especially in in the filipino culture we're so much into um saving face you now like oh you can't you can't show vulnerability or you can't show that you don't know things because then you'll lose credibility um mm. so we are actually not just looking at it from 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 a personal lens but also within the cultural lens you know how deep that you know deeply entrenched um all these expectations are and for me this is this this was one of the toughest to drop, you know, this uh, um, notion that I need to know everything to be the mm. expert or to be you know, even just to call myself an expert, you know. Um, and, and one of the ways that helped me really take into that is just being a parent. Uh, for me, being a parent has given me lots of practice ground in saying, oh, wait a minute, I don't know that. <laughs> let me let me figure it out, you know, or let's figure it out together. Um, so I think it's like a, you know, a muscle memory. You know, the more that we practice lines like 
ah, yeah, uh, what you said, I don't, uh, you know, I don't fully understand. Can you, can you explain more? Uh, mm-hmm. Or, or what you just, what you just mentioned is not something that I'm familiar with. Is there, is there a way that I can look it up or, or find more info about it? You know, those, those lines, for me, is like what I was never taught at all how to use those lines to my advantage. Mm. And now I'm like, oh. Oh, we've had a slight freeze on the uh, on the stream here. Hopefully, Lana will be back shortly. Uh, ah, Lana is back. Good. <laughs> that was uh, that was strange. I was okay. just, uh, I was just sharing that. Yeah, every time that I practice this, you know, allowing myself to explore things outside of what I know allows me to just really deepen the things that I you know that I don't know. Mm. I think that that idea of, you know, it being embodied, um, you know, muscle memory, as, as you put it, you know, is, is absolutely key to this. You know, we we do explore the world in ways that aren't entirely abstract and cognitive. And that's a really important way of us relating to the world and knowing the world. That's where, you know, this feeling and intuition are actually related to our physical embodied sense. And we we can we can work stuff out in kind of relation to things much more quickly and efficiently than we can in the abstract you know we don't have to process the whole thing and that we can work things out with the physical world and work things out actually physically you know between people we know things between people that no one of us knows that's the amazing thing and that's partly why i love this particular format you know i don't know what I'm going to say, and I couldn't say it just off the top of my head until I'm having this conversation with someone who's doing the same thing. And there's this amazing magic in that, that is just, you can't, I don't know any other way to access it. Yeah. And and there's also the uh, allowing for emergence to happen is part of this, you know, of this reframing. Uh, I, I was, uh, I was talking to to Carlos and Lawrence from Happy Startups. We were having our usual Monday meeting, and then you, I shared with him the there's a book called um, Emergent Strategy, and, and we were all like, "Oh, that's what we've been doing all along, you know, <laughs> well, really going for emergent strategy." And and that for me was also something that that was nice to to experience this uh, um, getting into. Oh, this is my responsibility to make things happen. Um, also allowed me to think of but what is emerging in the first place mm. and how do I allow for uh, what is emerging to to really fall into place before I you know take in my next steps yeah I, I think that idea of you know nurturing the change that we want to create you know nurturing what we do almost and approaching ourselves this way too because I, I've certainly you know been very hard on myself I was taught that that's how you're successful and that's what you need to be um and you know by by very well-meaning people um you know who who have my best interests at heart um and and it actually led to all sorts of problems it led to burnout in the end i just couldn't carry on doing working in that way and a lot of my work since has been this kind of re-exploration and this kind of tangential move to to something quite different and I think, you know, how we approach ourselves and how we approach other people on that physical level, on that more felt level, is actually really quite, you know, really important because we can practice with ourselves and with other people. And and, and the two kind of work together in, in this positive cycle when it's happening. And it's doing that that gives us the space for this kind of change and emergence. Because, again, it's not it's not one side changing another. It's both sides moving in a direction. And that's a very, very different way, I think, to think about how we act on the world and in the world. You know, and and if we think about our responsibility is, well, where am I going and where is this going? Rather than what do I have to do to make this specific thing happen? We're in a very different place. Yeah. Uh, And for me, this is also why I love Leia Bascalia's quote, you know, of Mm. love is is me leading you gently back to yourself mm. and this knowledge that i don't have to to do anything more because that that wisdom that that power that you know that amazingness is already in there you just have to reconnect to it 
And uh, what my role will be is to show you, you know, to mirror what, what I'm seeing and what I, you know, what, what I uh, see as your strength so that you will be able to see it for yourself. Mm. So this is also what came out for me of um, if I look at uh, work, you know, as, as managers or as team leads, the more that we get into strengths-based approaches, the more that our team will thrive, mainly because you, you're giving them that uh, ability to reconnect with their strengths. Mm. And you're providing that mirror for them to see themselves in a different light. Mm. Uh, and and this, this is also part of that. You know, It is um, our responsibility to be able to give that to other people, You know, to be able to be that mirror that says, hey, you know, you're beautiful. Hey, you're an amazing person. Um, and, and how do we do that? You know, we do that with all the interactions that we have, with, with all the connections that we create, even those online. Mm. And I think that that idea of emerging strengths, you know, finding what the strength is and, and finding and creating a context where it is the strength is, is a really important thing. Because we've done some work around neurodiversity, you know, and, and you know, I, I think neurodiversity is a really interesting area in this, and this, that for many people, they experience their difference, their fundamental difference as, as entirely a problem. Yeah. And that's not to say it's not a problem. That's not to say there are not issues caused by being neurodiverse and very real suffering caused by being neurodiverse. But there is also a flip side. There are very often things that it means you can do better than others. But there aren't that pathway. We don't have the right question to, that can take advantage of that strength. You know, it's only a strength if we can deploy it somehow direct it somehow to something useful but what that is isn't isn't readily available to us and I think this also relates to you know that that sense that you were talking about of, of not quite fitting in of not quite you know not having a pathway not having a uh, a way forward to, to to express and to use these things that are you and fully you you know in a way that is positive for you and other people and some people don't experience this. That's, that's that's absolutely fine too. Or don't experience it to a strong degree. They are they find a pathway. You know, they're the people that think uh, six or seven years old realize they want to be a doctor or a lawyer, and study all the way through, it, and they make a excellent doctor or lawyer, and that is a very satisfying life and career for them. But that not everyone has that available to them for various reasons. But that doesn't mean that they can't make a very significant contribution in their own terms as well. And, and so I think that's that's a really important part of it. And how we can create that space for ourselves and for others, yeah. I think is a really difficult thing to do. It's not something we're, we're told how to do. So I'd be really interested, actually, is if someone is in this, feels like they're in this space, resonates with what we've been saying. What might they start to do? How can they explore this to uh, to to see what it is for them and to work with this a little bit? Yeah. Well, while we were uh, exchanging about the you know um, how it is for organizations, like uh, not not all organizations are open to uh, creating provisions for people to learn about their strengths. You know, so it might be that you're limited in certain aspects in your life. Um, however, what I also see and what I've also experienced is it's not always the case for every aspect of your life. So if there's, you know, if there's places to explore, then find those, you know, find those places. If it's in your relationship with your partner, if it's in your parenting, if it's, you know, in your relationship with your close friends. Um, for me, the, the, the pathway was really more of me experiencing it you know me challenging it like what i said a muscle memory of practicing it um so so find you know find those areas in your lives where you can practice this reframing you know where in my life can i um not jump in to take full responsibility you know where in my life can i share responsibility with others where in my life can i ask others for feedback um so these are, yeah, these are simple uh, practices that you can begin with that helps you to open up immediately of, yeah, how, how am I 
taking in responsibility? How am I sharing responsibility? How am I encouraging others to also take in their responsibility? Um, if we can do that, you know, just small steps, then we can get into the bigger steps as well. I like that. You know, I think one of the really important things to realize in all of the change in this kind of space is that it is incremental, you know, it's iterative and we can't go all the way there. Yeah. You know, uh, um, there isn't an all the way there really <laughs> anyway. If you try and look what all the way there is, you know, which is one way of looking at meditative practice, actually, is like, what's all the way? And you eventually loop back to, oh, okay, there isn't an all the way. Um, but I think there's something really interesting. One of the reasons I like this uh, this idea of challenging assumptions is assumptions feel like mandates. They feel like something we must do. And when we no longer have to do something, yeah. we can then take responsibility. We can then change the, the direction. Yeah. So I'd really like to know, like, what could, if someone resonates with this and, you know, they want to try and play with it a little bit, what could they stop doing? <laughs> what, what don't they have to do anymore? If, if it's not my responsibility, if I'm not at fault, if I don't make a specific thing yeah. happen anymore, what can I stop doing? What can I let go of? Yeah. Uh, one of the things, one of the exercises that I do for myself is uh, figuring out where my full yes lie. So for me, intrinsically, and I'm like really deeply listening to myself, to my gut, to my body of, is this a full yes for me? And and if it's not a full yes, to explore that further. You know, like I would only say, yes to something if it's a full yes for me now mm. this being here today is a full yes now what whatever uh i get into if it's not a full yes i immediately know that it's going to be a problem so so that that has been a, a big strategy how would you know if it's a full yes um, how, how can you feel it in your body? What does a full yes means? And and maybe you can think of the times in your life where you really experience, you know, the joy, the pride, you know, the the excitement of being in your full yes. Uh, so just try to tap into that. Um, and if it's not, and in one of the podcasts that I was in, I also introduced this concept of full yes. And there was somebody who said, but how would you know if it's a full yes? Then it's an experimentation process. You know, whenever you say yes to something, try to feel it. You know, how does that feel? How, how does that feel in your body? How does that feel with your, you know, with your gut? Um, how, how did you feel while doing it? You know, um, was it a drag? Was it something that flew, you know, flowed with ease? Was it something that just really captivated you? So, so for me, it's that awareness piece. You know, when we're, when we're aware of how we get into these spaces in the first place, then it's also easier for us to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm, I can't say yes to this. Mm. And I can't take this in as a responsibility. And it mm. might be that the answer is I can't do that yet. That's also, that's also a, a mind frame for that. You know, for, uh, it might not be a, a yes at, uh, for now. Um, but to offer that, you know, to, to offer that to someone who's asking or to offer that for yourself of, okay, if it's not a yes for now, then what is it? Mm. And, and to allow yourself to not do things that are not a full yes, exactly. which, I think, which is a huge thing for many people, you know, and, and to allow that there might be consequences to to doing that. And, and, and I think that's one of the really big things, you know, and to allow us to 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 have those consequences sometimes, yeah. you know, it's like. I think it's a it's a really interesting thing, you know, with, with this this kind of idea of trying to keep perfect, perfectly safe, and get everything done, and make it, you know, it's like we can't actually hold on to that, and and when we hold on to it too tightly, it it, it gets in the way of us really enjoying it, and it, it becomes this kind of shrinking, dark, like hard, dry thing with no energy, and and it it becomes very difficult to sustain that. Then that's the problem: is you can do it. And occasionally you you might well need a means to an end. You might well need to say, okay, these are the consequences and that, that I anticipate and I'm clear enough on this that whilst this task is not something that's intrinsically worthwhile, it, it it's okay for me to engage with and and, and to, to 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 it for the outcome. But the fewer of those things that that you have to do, you know, that are there and the more of the things that really have that full yes 
you know, in them is, is a really interesting idea. I think I'd like to explore what a full yes is, how people can look for that a little bit, because I really love the idea. And for me, there's something very interesting in, you know, that the different parts of the body being sensitive to different things, you know, we're aware and different, we, we kind of sense in different ways. And it's not that the whole body has to be like, this is amazing and this is the best thing ever. No. But that no one part of it is objecting. Yeah. You know, no one part of it is. So it, it's it's kind of, it's that rather than, and, and it's okay because some bits are going to contribute more than others as well. And this is a great metaphor for community too, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, it, it's okay as long as no one is losing out in this, as long as yeah. no one is 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 at risk in this, you know, uh, is, is, is going to suffer with this, then yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I did this exercise where, where I, I take in a piece of paper and then I fold it in half. And then the, on the top is yes, and then on the, the bottom is no. And then I just plot in, you know, the activities that I do. And just to use the piece of paper as my gauge, you know, where can I, where do I write each activity? Where are they falling? You know, is it really very near to the yes? Is it in the middle? Is it very near to the no? So just to help me visualize things. And, and not just activities, actually, also people, you know, people that I interact with. I think this is also one of the areas to, to think of, you know, that when you think of responsibility, it's also with relationships. Uh, so who do I connect with that I feel obligated to? Yeah. And why, why is it like that? Um, so it helps in exploring that, you know, who do I connect with? Who do I want to nurture relationships with? Um, who do I want to explore deeper relationships with? Um, and, and when I, you know, when I see that piece of paper, it helps me to, to really relax as well of, oh, okay, most of the things that I, I'm doing in life are yeses, you know, or I might be able to see, oh, there's no's in, in some areas. And then it, then it becomes a, a place to explore, you know, why is that a no for me? Um, what is it that I need? You know, some mm. oftentimes there's just more of a, a sh assurance, you know, or or confidence or uh, safety. Now, those are things that might come up in terms of the needs around it. But then by being able to vocally express that, if it's with regards to, you know, a, a colleague or uh, a project that I'm working on, being able to express that gives me also clarity of does it stay in the no? Or is mm. there a possibility of making it in a yes? And, and I think that that's actually the root of asking some really good questions, you know, and, and, and raising, it makes makes the thing work better um, when we're dealing with these complex and messy things, because there's, there's, there's a validity in the objection, there's something to explore there, and, and being able to explore that, and working with people, you know, forming relationships with people who are willing to explore that, and who aren't threatened by that, mm -hmm. is a huge thing, and also as a, you know, as a leader, as a community holder, creating that space where that's okay and modeling that for other people as well being vulnerable and being able to be questioned um and and to explore to co-explore and and i think yeah it's a, it's a really powerful way of relating to the world and also i think perhaps inviting that when 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 we sense that in other people yes because <laughs> for many of us we you know we we, we kind of it's almost rude to um to 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 say to 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 mention that someone seems doubtful in some way yeah. you know and and i think actually inviting people to share their doubts is a really important part of yeah. coming to coming to a really good positive intersection of overlap and, and where we can really work together in that wholehearted way yeah yeah i, I it's great that you've mentioned this i was already thinking about how we we um introduce the full yes with our kids um, here in the Netherlands, there's this uh, commercial for for uh, drink, wherein the guy would just say, uh, "Which one do you want, this or this?" And then the guy would just say, "Just whatever," you know. And, and it starts with a haircut, you know, like, "Oh, just whatever." And then he just gets a, a you know, a reverse mohawk. Uh, and then when he was buying a house, he was in the macro, uh, the the real estate agent said, "Oh, what kind of house? Oh, just whatever." Yeah, so it it went on, and and whenever that commercial comes in we pointed out to our kids it's like this is what happens when you're not in a full yes yeah <laughs> we just 
tell you know just whatever and then you get you know whatever well, you get whatever <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and and that became a language you know that they started they were very young when we started uh, that but now we when we sense that like when they're deciding on certain things um it's easier for us to then also say hey wait a minute uh, i'm sensing that it's not a full yes for you mm. Uh, mm. And, and that that is another piece you know another layer to to this when we can for ourselves uh gauge what the full yes is it's also easier to spot it in others mm. uh, it becomes also a, a a part of the interaction of hey this for me is a full yes is this also a full yes for you it becomes mm. that invitation mm. so, so for me it has worked uh in a lot of ways of in the relationships that I have, in the friendships that I have, and you know, also with work, of being able to know that behind my, you know, behind my no, there's a deep, you know, there's a deep reason. And um, people that I've worked with understand that my no means something. Mm. And then it becomes a place of us exploring what that no means. Mm. So it it gets you into a deeper layer as well in your relationships when you have that ability to say no to things and still be um you know respected and still be understood and still be accepted mm. uh, but that comes in when you know when you understand why you're saying yes in the first place mm. and i i think that's that's really important and that that trust you know that for me that that is on some level you know the essence of, of trust is that even if we don't share the perspective we understand that it's valid and we, we can view it as, as another person's perspective as valid and but the developing that trust and doing so in in that way is is absolutely key to all of the themes we've talked about and without trust we can't have responsibility without trust we can't make things happen very effectively without trust you know we 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 can't we're in this kind of constant state of fear and anxiety and we, we can't ever relax into ourselves and our own being either and and so i think we're just coming to the end now but but yeah that, that theme i think you know that, that we can replace this need to do with trust as a as a is a really fascinating thing to kind of for me to take away and explore further as well. <laughs> so uh, I love the fact that they, we never quite finish these conversations. <laughs> we finish the hour, um, but but we never finish the conversation. It's like it's layers, right? And you're filling yeah. in layers. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for, uh, for for being part of this conversation today. I really enjoyed it, and really, you know everyone has a different feel and I, I particularly enjoy this the you know the the depth that we got we got to in this this conversation so so thank you very much for for bringing that to this space if someone if someone wants to carry on and um and maybe continue this conversation with you on a, on a different level um i think linkedin is the best way for them to get in touch with you is that correct yes you can always pick up at Lana Yellen in LinkedIn. Super. Okay. There's there's a link if you would like to do that on the uh, uh, on the show notes. So please do send uh, Lana a message and and carry on this conversation and engage. Similarly with me, LinkedIn or through any of the comments or anything, I'd I'd love to continue this conversation as well. And I hope this this has raised some thoughts for you and, and got you to kind of ask questions for yourself and and to other people. So yeah, please do get in touch if that's been the case. The next episode, which I think is really interesting, and I love when these, these kind of line up in, in these strange mm -hmm. ways. The next episode is It Takes Two People to Have a Conversation. <laughs> and I think where we're talking about the words that we use and the language that we use and how that helps us build trust and how that helps us really connect, that's absolutely what we're going to be getting into next week, I hope. Um, I'm going to be talking to Daniela Rosoka about that, uh, and that will be taking place at 1 p.m. on Wednesday next week, which is Wednesday the 13th, 1 p.m. UK time. Wednesday the 13th of January so I'd love to see you there live um, that would be it would be great to have you as a guest again um, please do share anything about this with anyone else this all spreads through word of mouth and 
particularly share your thoughts and your feelings and your questions about this. You know, it's not about really, you know, knowing this stuff. Explore it with someone else that in, in a new way and you know, what it opened up for you. Because for me, that's what's really important. That's how this stuff really spreads and creates really positive change. Thank you so much for joining me, Lana. I, it, was, it was a wonderful conversation. My pleasure. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the comments or the questions and the, the explorations that have, you know, that can happen after this. Definitely. No, I hope it'll uh, nurture some really interesting uh, some conversations. So thank you so much for watching. Um, and don't forget to go out there and create some delightful descent of yourself. Mm -hmm. Goodbye.